welcome friends to the Yoga and Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Weber, a yoga and Pilates teacher who is living and learning every day in the lovely Austin, Texas. And I am oh so curious about all things yoga and. If this is your first time joining us, a big warm welcome to you. Today, I am super excited to sit down and chat with CEO and co-founder of the online movement studio platform, Core to Core, Madison Page. She is also creator and co-host of the podcast, Stretched. Madison will share with us her journey in creating Core to Core, as well as some tips on teaching online. She will also address what might get overlooked in teaching on an online platform. I learned so much from this episode. I know you will love it just as much as I did. Now, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode, y'all. today's episode is the CEO and co-founder of Core to Core, an inclusive online movement and wellness platform. She is also the creator and co-host of Core to Core's podcast, Stretched. She actively teaches virtual Pilates on Core to Core, the lovely Madison Page. Hi, Ashley. I'm doing great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to be here. I just took your class. Um, which, which, you know, you need as a teacher, right? Oh yeah. So true. You just need it. So, uh, so we're doing, so we're doing good. The start of the day is important to kind of get it, to get it, uh, get it moving in a, in a way that feels, feels productive. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I am so grateful you're on the show. I've been wanting to interview you for quite some time and it's just aligned in a way that just, just worked. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Um, for those listening who may not know you yet, would you care to introduce yourself just a little bit more? Tell us who you are, what you're about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Matt, Maddie. Uh, you know, people started calling me Madison after I founded a company, but I, you know, I am Maddie to to most of most of the peeps. Um, I founded this virtual movement company um, a month before COVID hit, uh, and you know I I always feel like I have to say that just because um, because of the stage that we're at and how wild the virtual landscape has been over the last year, how we were able to ride the waves, but the waves went up and also down um, and up again. And so, um, so yeah, I was a professional dancer and uh, had sort of a, a vision in my dance career at the at the very end of uh at the end of 2017 that i just like saw my life flash before me as a dancer and i was just like this isn't the impact is not there for me anymore you know what i thought i was doing and the election had so much to do with it in 2016 that like i just my life didn't feel like it was moving the needle enough socially um and so i started uh just with like very deep 
introspective six months period where um, I loved working with people. Um, I loved my Pilates career. Um, I loved, I loved working with women. I loved these moments where they share a portion of their lives with you for an hour a day. And I realized that, you know, historically, there's just so many people that have been left out of these experiences that can feel very therapeutic and healing. And so um, I started teaching people over Skype, then moved to Zoom. Um, and then a lot of um, entrepreneurial people in Eugene, Oregon, where we're based, really encouraged me to think bigger about the the business. And so um, I started off at, on a Squarespace site with um, my old co-founder teaching yoga. And uh, we, you know, we just did it because we believed in it and then um, had 15 teachers come onto the platform. Fast forward Feb 2020, COVID hit and, and really, I mean, we had no money. Like we had no money in the bank, you know? It was like, we got a little bit of capital and basically they were like, this is how much you're gonna get, like good luck because we're not doing follow on investments. So I could talk a lot about that experience, but really like the whole point with 2020 for us was to develop an audience, um, build out a platform alongside the teachers and get a lot of feedback and build really methodically so that we under understood what we were building. And as an entrepreneur, I don't think um, I don't think we talk about about that a lot, which I'd love to talk about on the show. But uh, and then all of a sudden, like people needed us and like our we've been playing catch up, you know, and so we're a software company. Um, we're also a community of teachers, a community of students. Um, and I'm so grateful, but it, it has, you know, it has been a lot, especially as a first time founder, figuring it out in real time. Oh, totally. What a journey. I, a month before COVID, you founded yeah. this. And then, and yeah. so, so it's, you can't really know what it was like before COVID, right? Cause in the first month you were, it was, it was evolving and then, right. Wow. Yeah. And, and, um, it was a really hard development process. Um, and, you know, I always want to say if like you want to contribute to the world, work with people who don't think like you do because you will be forced to confront a lot of different people, you know? And so I never worked with developers. I didn't know how they thought. I didn't know it. I, I didn't know anything. And, um, I had to really learn on the fly how to product manage, how to project manage. Um, I would spend nights and weekends on, um, whiteboards with my fiance just trying to figure out how to move the needle with the product um, in 2019 because it, it, it for many different reasons it was just such a challenge and there were bugs everywhere and it was it was impossible you know and then um, and then when COVID hit we were at, we had six six weeks to establish and we had no idea like we had six perfect weeks to get things to a more or less stable place. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, it's like a racehorse. Like all of a sudden it was like, 
or like a, somebody pushing a racehorse. I don't know. It's like, yeah. No. Yeah. and like, yeah. it was, I will never forget like the first quarter I was never without my computer and I would like have to jolt myself awake to answer customer service emails. Teachers had my phone number. They still do <laughs> calling me, texting me. I can't log in. And as a founder, they tell you, you know, like your first early users are, you need to treat them like royalty. And I, maybe they told that to like dudes, but like, I really go out of my way to be like, okay, I'm going to do that. (laughs) And I'm going to be available all of the time. And so I would jolt myself awake, figure out the Zoom license. It was a mess. And also... I built a resilience that now when things go off the the uh, off kilter, it doesn't phase me as much. It still phases me, but it doesn't as much. Um, but what a practice, like where where the nervous system type of work that we hopefully practice in yoga and Pilates and movement is really put to the test and you're able to understand like this is what the work is for. I want to touch on, you mentioned building things, um, as a CEO and, um, like, have you always, have you always had that side of you, that entrepreneurial side where you wanted to build things or this just came out? Yeah. Um, I love building things. I also love hard things. I love, um, you know, like before I stopped dancing, I was interested in, um, creating dances and my last piece was with my mom and I, I just I always loved the performance aspect and uh, uh, and also the building um, but you know whether it's societally you know I, I didn't have people being like you could be a business person um, I didn't click and I've also been very stubborn and very um, strong-willed and very uh, active. Like my brain is very active. Um, I'm interested in a lot of things. I love to challenge myself. So quarter core for me is like the ultimate challenge, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And luckily I had parents that were just like never, they were like, just run as fast as you can, you know? So that's, that's how I, 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 I feel like there's really very little difference except for the stakes between business and art. Um, but when we're dealing with livelihoods, there's a lot of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I am so proud to be a part of Core to Core. I have a class on your platform. And one of the things that drew me to your platform is you make it affordable and accessible for people from all walks of life. Was that always your vision or did that just kind of happen over time as you were building it? Yeah, that was like the ethos of what I, I knew virtual training could do for people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as like a creative person, the dots that I saw early on was just like, holy cow, like, I, I, my, one of my first clients was, um, somebody in North Carolina. We still haven't seen each other to this day. 
Um, and she was never a mover and she just, people, Pilates and yoga, they, there's a fundamental marketing issue that people don't think it's for them. And that's really what, what we're here to change is to say, like, not only is it for you, the, the landscape of the marketing has to change. That's the problem. The work isn't the problem. And so I just really was just like, oh my God, this could just help, help so many people. And when you live in urban areas, you think people have access automatically to really good movement and they don't, you can't even imagine, like the healing that can happen in a space, you think it's like you have this assumption, this bias that it's accessible for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's not true. Um, especially in the last election, man, like we learned it was really not, the things that we thought were true were not true for a majority of the U.S. population. And so for me, it was like, how do we reach people through movements? How do we create these relationships with people that aren't like us? Um, and I, I really believe that movement, um, movement and conversation and being in spaces that people feel like they can feel um, like they can chat, feel seen and heard has always been important to me. Um, so yeah, it's always been there. Uh, I'll just add to that, you know, we had 15 teachers and everything was very strategically implemented before COVID. And the 15 teachers were supposed to set the tone for the brand. So we had people like Anula, like M. Camellia, who teaches um, trans yoga, and um, and Marimba Gold Watts, and people that I that signed on because they believed in the vision of access um, that virtual training gave to students, um, and uh, and that was incredibly intentional. But before that, the people that would respond to my emails because I would just send cold emails of teachers that I admired. They were all like white, thin women like like me. I mean, I don't think of myself as thin, but society probably would. And um, I remember talking to somebody and they were like, well, we, you know, you can just work on it. Like you can just work on it eventually. And I just was like, that is not acceptable to me anymore. And so um, I, I went to work, you know, I spent like three weeks like digging deep into research um, on social media, on websites, and um, because it's not acceptable, you know. <laughs> the, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So that was baked in, and yeah, they, you know, just the teachers are they just are very inspiring to me. Yes, I love the diverse array of teachers that you have, and yeah, it really is fulfilling quite the need, and it's it's you know as as a teacher myself i just it's really refreshing to know someone's out there who sees that this is an issue and is doing something about it so thank you for you know for yeah making yeah. it, it for everybody i want to talk about your classes because you have some really fun interesting classes you have um <laughs> the yoga for life is that right or is it pilates, pilates for life did i put yoga <laughs> Yeah, it says, yeah, it says yoga for life. We'll cut this out. Yeah. Keep it, keep that in. That should, that should, chance to say a lot. No, I teach Pilates. If uh, I forgot, I now remember I teach Pilates. Yeah, 
Oh, and I was also thinking about the title Pilates, Yoga, and um, the Virtual Student. I think that could oh. be like Pilates, Yoga, and. Oh, I love that. I like that because you are a Pilates teacher. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, I'll just kind of, we'll, we'll weave it. Might not, but there we go. Uh, I want to talk about your classes, your Pilates for Life, your Boys to Men class. Like, tell me more about these really unique classes you offer. Yeah, so um, Pilates for Life, this is an example of uh, entrepreneurs really working with their customers to develop the product. So this was a class that was started out of a duet with um, two women over 60. Um, and they are wives that I would see on one camera, um, two people. Um, I'm also, I, I'm very self, I, it's not a people pleaser, it's like to my detriment is that I, I don't want to upset people. I get like very, very anxious. And so when Corticor was in this sort of space between me needing to step into being guiding the company, but also being the product at the same time, there was, I mean, it still is my life, but like there was a time where it was like, I was the product of, I was the teacher and I would have to carry it on my back if it's how I needed to get funding, you know? And so I told Ruth and Nan, I was like, this needs to turn into a group class because I'm going to lose my sh sanity. Are you okay with that? And they were like, yeah, it's fine. Um, and what we were doing in class is, you know, I, I think of it as like a human-centered activities that are fundamental for health. Um, and so we were uh, moving through activities that are like squats or um, – lifting heavy things or using TheraBands or things like that. And um, what I realized is like, again, circling back to this Pilates marketing thing, is that Nan and Ruth never understood that Pilates was for them in the first place. Oh. Right? They're, they live in Atlanta. Um, they are not like into like dominant fitness stuff. They try it, they get injured. They had two blown out discs. So they didn't They didn't think, they didn't even know what Pilates was. And so for me, that's like a branding problem, honestly, um, and, and a marketing problem. So I would talk to them after class and I'd be like, hey, what do you think this is? You know, what is it to you? And, um, and they, Nan said like, it's, it's Pilates for life. That's what this Aww. is. It, it's to, prepare me for my life. And so I, I love that. And I really do feel like the teachers on C2C really embody that, right? Like it, it is for life. It's not a, it's not a practice in a vacuum. And so that's Pilates for life. Um, and I still teach it on Mondays. It's been sort of like my, my thing that centers me from everything else that is wild. And then boys to men is, is a new class. Um, and it's, it's for my, it's, I started it for my fiance. Um, so Derek is a co-founder of, of Core to Core as well. He's on the back end team and 
he's like a brilliant person, but he, um, he's also a member on quarter course. So he'll take classes, but for some reason he just like, doesn't like being on screen. It's a problem, right? And so if one person doesn't like being on camera, there's probably more, you know, that's like my, that's like my business brain. And if it's a dude, and if I call enough dudes and be like, hey, is the reason why you're not coming onto quarter cores because of the screens, that's an interesting use case of the business. So like I never make decisions without it being like really thought through. So Boys to Men was a class where um, I started it for Derek. I don't like to teach before <laughs> nine and he needs to get to work early. And so I was like, I will teach this class if I, I will also be raising my rates for this class and it's a half an hour <laughs> because I really don't want to get up at 7.30 or no, it started at 7.30. And so it, it became, it, it's for, it's for dudes, uh, people who identify as men that, um, that can turn their camera off and, um, and are, and that are self-conscious basically, um, you know, I, I do find that like most men have a layer of self-consciousness that they can't ever uh, like show or something like that. But then when they're really confronted with it, they're like, I'm not I'm not being on camera, you know, yeah. so I'm just like, turn your camera off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that ha that happened. That has happened to me, too. And it's usually a guy. That happened today in class. Actually. Yeah, 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 and and uh, you know it's all good and and like again it's the practice of um, who am I to make you do something that isn't uh, you're not comfortable with and how much does that prevent people from having a having a practice you know so that that's that's the boys to men class seven thirty a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I love the, the very creative name. I like that. Um, speaking of being out of the comfort zone, what advice would you give to someone who, you know, might be a little intimidated about doing an online class, intimidated about technology in general, and they want to try the class on quarter four? What, what advice would you give? Yeah, I, I think virtual classes, um, it's a really interesting proposition because there's some friction there. Um, where people are like, oh, is this for me? They don't know if it's for them. Um, and what I'll say about virtual training is that, like, I think some introspection could be helpful. So w why? Why is it not for me if I have never found, you know, something that actually worked for me? Um, why might this not for me? Is it because I'm nervous about being seen? Is it because Zoom, I'm nervous about using Zoom and I don't want to look stupid? Um, do I, am I nervous about not knowing the teacher? Um, who's going to be in class? And, and, you know, you can kind of break those down one by one. And hopefully the goal is to understand, and this is why we've built Quarter Core very intentionally with the, with the teachers, is that if we can ease the barriers as much as possible as having a very human-centered um, customer service experience for people where they know our um, CS team by name, they know me, they trust me that I'm not gonna put them through something that they feel uncomfortable with 
a lot of our students actually have my email address and they are just sending me being like, I love this class, you know, and um, I, I want to create an environment for people to even, even if it's always going to be hard, like practice is just going to be hard. Even if it's hard, can we work with those feelings and move towards something, move towards our goals, more, move towards um, the activities we want for our lives? Um, so that that's one part. And, and the other part is like, what do we do for babies? We don't just like give them candy, right? We're not just like, oh, you only like sweets? Okay. I'm just going to give you nerds, you know? We don't do that. We're like, try it. Yeah. What is the harm in trying trying it? And so yeah. that's really what I, I would say, because I know a lot of people just don't move. Like, they just don't, you know? they. I mean, we move every day because we're blinking our eyes and breathing, but they don't move. They don't know how to move. They're self-conscious. And so it's like, what is what could go so possibly wrong under a safe environment that it would feel so terrible like the likelihood is is little so try it turn your camera off let your teacher know you're not going to turn your camera on and over time like the the trust develops right we're working with people and um trust is a huge factor of why people don't exercise they don't understand that it can feel different um it can feel different than a you know a boxing class i mean i love boxing a boxing class that the goal is performance based you know the goal is to uh to be competitive it's it's overwhelming for people it's too much for their your nervous system to be able to process that kind of thing there's a friction so i mean that's great and what i was going to add that is, um, you know, right as the pandemic started, I had never done an online class in my life, like a movement wow. class. And I was actually really, I, I'm a horrible dancer. I'm like really intimidated by dance. And I actually, I have a friend who teaches an online dance class and I took it just because, you know, I, there was nothing else to do at the time, you know, right. 2020. And I take that class every single week. It's been 14 months and I am a dancer now, yes. but I would never, ever, ever do it. If I had to go to her yeah. studio, only reason why I did it was I felt comfortable to be in my home. I could turn my camera off. So it's not so vulnerable. I think, you know, if it feels yeah. like too much, you could just turn off your camera yeah. or you could, um, you know, take it slow. So I don't think people realize like how powerful it can be to practice movement in your own. And I think that that, and I, I think that that is a, like the example that I like, love to hear because there's so many psychodynamic things that are happening. And mm. again, this, the platform is really a, a me understanding through my own lived experience and, and everybody else's, what do we do when we're acting out of fear, right? Like. Mm it's not sustainable, you know? And so like being able to move from home is also not completely sustainable because you don't have the accountability, right? So then you have that cognitive dissonance. So when you have this like accountability and also from home, to me, there's just like this perfect magic that happens. 
and you realize that there's people on the call from all over the world, there's so much of it that I find so beautiful. And I also understand it is, it, it can be very overwhelming. And so turning your camera off is so healthy and God, like the trauma that most of my colleagues and I from dance are still processing to this day about being performance-based athletes, artists, all these kinds of things. And for people to be able to dance with joy, I mean, it's it's so human to move from a creative space. It's just everything else layers on top of it, and we just don't think it's for us, you know. I mean, that's a really good point. I'm not, I don't have a professional dancer like perspective. And so that is a really good point you bring up about having it being performative and then the, like how that can mess, mess with your psyche and then, yeah. and then being like, no, but it, it can be joyous and, and yeah. working with that. Let's talk about your podcast. So your podcast <laughs> Yeah. It's about stretching your mind, isn't that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta stretch your mind. Yeah, um, yeah. That pot, our podcast. Uh, the I, you know, I am also probably if you have, I'm like a storyteller, and so I was on Liz's podcast, Beyond Asana, and um, Derek, (laughs) Derek of my my partner, heard it, and he he literally said like you have to be co-hosts. Uh, and it was at the time where, uh, you know, we had no money. And so when you when you have no money um, and you are a startup, you have to do activities that are brand building for free. Um, so from a strategic perspective, it made a lot of sense. Um, from another perspective of, of like, this is also part of the work is to have discussions um, of race, class, and gender and how it intersects in wellness. Um, I'm also really interested in in pushing people beyond their own um, bias about business and and assumptions we all have about like, you know, sticking it to the man and the man is evil when these are really untested assumptions, you know. So though all of these all of those things were were perfect. Um, and Liz and I, uh, you know, we just like, have a, a, a certain sense of humor uh, that we can play with each other and has been really wonderful because we're both very, we're both really, we like to make each other laugh. Um, yeah, y'all have chemistry. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, like it's a, it's a, it's an amazing, it's a challenge. Um, it's, it's its own product um, and it's still new. Um, and and it's really about uh, stretching stretching everybody's mind about what we think we know about you know wellness, um, and then it's also you know we have like biz tips and stuff where I I try to like push the narrative a little bit about about business advice and things like that. Um, like I always like to say people you know people really are like. I, I love I love movement. I love teaching movement because I'm like I'm sticking it to the man outside of capitalism. And I want to say like, are you teaching on Zoom? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You you how do you do you like Instagram? You know, and and 
And so it's like not good enough for me, right? And and I really believe like if you understand that you're working on Zoom and you're actually not working on Teams, you're not working on Skype, you're not working on all these things that are less um, good of a quality because Zoom is a better product for most people. And so to understand that to me I believe that we can build bridges with people that we don't agree with, right? And so if we can have a foundational understanding that I don't, I just have a belief that nobody is inherently evil, maybe a few people, but if we want to build businesses with integrity, we can do that. We just have to be really thoughtful and honest about wanting to make money. I mean, this is going into another, maybe another show, but um, but yeah, like that's, so that's my perspective. Liz has a different perspective. Um, Liz is more fiery. Uh, We get in, we get into like, you know, conversations around like, do you post about social justice issues when you're a white woman? Do you, uh, is that you taking up space? Like, what does that mean? And, um, and she, you know, one time she asked me like, why aren't you posting about the insurrection? And and so there's all of these conversations that we're all having. And I think they're really difficult and also like important to really get to the nitty gritty of like, why am I doing something? And that's what stretched is for me is to really understand how like amazing wellness people are living their lives and making decisions um, and trying to break it down, you know, for people that that like we had a conversation with Hala Khoury, who it'll be out to tomorrow, but this won't be out tomorrow. Anyway, uh, she was talking about anxiety and I just asked her like, what is anxiety? You know, like breaking it down to like such a fundamental level of like, how does it show up in the body, you know? And so you can have these conversations, which are a access point for people to, um, to recognize it in themselves. Mm, yeah. I love, I can't wait for that episode to come out. It's a a good one. Yeah. Uh, What advice would you give to somebody who wants to teach online, but has never, you know, has yet to do it? Like what, what, what tips might you give someone in the mind body world? Um, I would say understanding that it is not just you on camera and that you can do your thing. So the biggest tip is owning that it is a separate service than an in-person service. Getting in touch with what is this doing for the person uh, or people in the room and how can I make this product distinct so that it feels like an experience that's worth coming back to. A lot of the teachers that I uh, take class from haven't made that leap where um, they are, and I I know you asked me about new teachers, but I think that, I think it still applies the importance of, um, I just have high standards, what can I say? Um, Just like understanding that it's just a different thing, you know, And, and knowing that if it's a different thing, then you can have a different set of expectations for yourself and for your students. Um, and so what I would, the advice that I would give is 
Um, think of it like a new skill set and take the time to learn about your technology. Think about um, how you can communicate different, what are the strategies you're using as a teacher to communicate the quality of movement that you're looking for. Um, uh, how, how can you build retention um, in your classes because you don't have that face-to-face -to -face touch point anymore? Um, and like, assume you don't know anything. Just assume like you're like, I don't know anything. Like I just see a lot of ego where people are doing um, classes as if they know what they're doing and we just don't. And that's okay. You know, um, we're not, we're not making, you know, we're not making Bugo bucks. We're not millionaires. And so how can we make this service uh, as accessible as possible and stay humble in, in learning about literally an emerging field. It's emerging, you know, yeah, it, it literally didn't exist. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, it didn't, it, it, it did not exist. There was just, you know, people teaching on Skype and, and uh, zoom one-offs and things like that. But um, it didn't exist. And so having some grace about the thing that just because we're good teachers doesn't mean we're good online teachers. And that's, that's gross. That's room for us to, to uh, expand if we want to go in this direction. Also that it is challenging. It's going, it, it makes people expand. It brings up new things for them to understand about themselves for me too. You know, I can't tell you how many also flexibility that's the last thing i'll say okay flexibility i had to like talk somebody was on the phone at the very beginning of quarter core on the phone and i was guiding them through an audio class while there was three people on the camera and i've been through all of it like i've been through every possible scenario that doesn't work and if you can go like, well, what's the worst that can happen? They get a refund. Yes, that's the worst that can happen. Um, and I'm just a human being trying to give a good experience to people. Yeah. Um, having that kind of flexibility, I think, will work. I don't always achieve it because I'm just, I feel so bad. <laughs> I feel so bad sometimes. With like, I just can't believe that we have to go through this sometimes. But here we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good advice. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. I was wondering if you wanted to play a game. Yeah. Fire. Okay. Love, I love games. Cool. So the, how it works is I just list things like your favorite things and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. So it's yeah. like a quick response. Is fun. Fun. Yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and begin. Okay. Um, what is your favorite color? Per okay, I'm really into like lavender these days. Okay. What is your favorite genre of music? A uh, pop. Mm. What yeah. is your favorite pop artist? Uh, Janet Jackson. Okay, mine's Britney Spears. Makes sense. She's free. <laughs> She's free now, by the way. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. I really am. Yeah, me too. Favorite favorite Pilates exercise? 
Um, I love side leg series. I just, I really identify with just the, the feeling of like strong hips feels good. Mm, yeah, same. I, that's like up there for me. Love Favorite it. dessert. Oh my God. Um, like very dense, like chocolate souffle, like the more dense chocolate stuff, the better for me. Okay. Favorite, <laughs> uh, animal. Oh, my dog. Oh. Favorite author? Um, oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, so Krista Tippett is is an author, but she's also a, a podcast host, um, a radio host. And so I would say Krista Tippett only, and she is an author, but that was the first person that came to mind just because I, I just so admire the difficult work that she's doing. So I'll say her. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll have to look her up. So favorite pot, besides your podcast, favorite mm. podcast to binge? Oh my God. Okay. So the, so I'm a podcast binger. That is the binge, like the light. I love, I've, I've like was the, one of the earliest adopters of podcasts of Radiolab um, okay. back in like 20, 2009, 2010. Yeah. So yeah. Radio Lab was like my thing. I just would just absorb that shit uh, stuff. And then um like the bingey stuff is Startup by Gimlet Media. Um so that was like very early days um for me and I would yeah, I really love learning about business and stuff like that. So so those I would say Startup was was the other one. Okay. I um how I built this is oh. like the holy grail for me. I love and it. Then it's a weird, it's, it's called radio rental. It's about um, like scary stories. It's like so binge worthy. It's okay. It's like, what have you listened to Dear John? No, I haven't. I haven't even heard of that one. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. yeah. We, we, uh, we go back and forth from LA to Eugene. And so we were listening to it, it was terrifying. And it was like very late at night on the drive and we were both just so spooked. But yeah, definitely, dear John. Okay, one more, it literally is called Spooked. And if you like scary, you'll like Spooked, you'll like Radio Rental. So I'm gonna look Isn't up it very, isn't it, um, oh, did you see S-Town? Did you hear S-Town back in the day? Okay, it's weird as hell. Um, S-Town and then Dolly Parton's America. Okay. I know. I t I'm telling you, I <laughs> listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I love it. You really, yeah. You, Dolly Parton. Okay, so back. <laughs> so back to the show. Dolly Parton's America must. If you're interested, it's just great. Yeah, and S Town's really good. Okay, I'll, I'll look those up. Um, favorite season of the year? Oh, God. Well, I like love just newly found out that I hate hate cloudy days and rain i'm just like i'm done i've spent yeah. i've done my done my time uh so we are uh we're based in eugene and now in la as well so i would say fall in eugene is like pretty magical um yes. just like it's perfect weather um you know it's just at that time where people want to kind of stay indoors but you can do other things and the leaves are beautiful um and you can bike ride so i would say fall in eugene is like and new york has got it's gorgeous in the fall time Ugh. 
And last question, favorite vacation you ever went on? Okay, I will tell you. This is sounds really, so I'll have to say like, yes, my partner and I did long distance relationship. And so we had to meet on our second date. We met in Medford, Oregon, because I missed my flight from Eugene. So he drove down to Medford. I flew up to Med- to Medford and we hung out there for 24 hours in this like very random place, Medford, Oregon. So that was really like very fun and very goofy. But the thing that comes to mind, honestly, is uh, my friend and I, my best friend, Beth, won a trip to Vegas uh, from, it's not Price is Right. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, we won, she won a game show. We were on together and she won it. And she won like a $5,000 trip to Vegas. Oh, wait, you were on a game show? Yes, so she was selected on a game show. Um, It's called, uh, it's not Price is Right, it's uh, whatever, it's with Wayne Brady. At any rate, you might need to look it up. It was all expenses paid, like luxurious trip to Vegas. Ooh. Yeah, so it was like we had a helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon. We had massages at the Bellagio Hotel. We could stay at anywhere we wanted. Tickets to Cirque du Soleil, like the nine yards. Everything was like inclusive. And I was, you know, just old enough and just young enough for it was like the perfect time. So it was like I was 20, 23. Oh, uh, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. It was You went on a vacation from let's make a deal. Here's the, here's the wilder part is that Beth went with our other best friend, Kristen, the year before. Kristen won it. And they went on Costa Rica. They went to Costa Rica. And then Beth won it, and then she took me to Vegas. Oh, my God. That is, that is a good friend. I know. Very good friend. Yeah. So, yeah, we had – it was really fun. It was so much fun. We just – it's like – it's the perfect time of life where you just have very little responsibility, you know? Yes. You just be like – And it's an all-paid – luxury it was so luxurious i don't know if i'll ever have that massages just it was like very luxurious so anyway that was my vacation well thank you so much for being on the show Uh, yeah it was a pleasure where can we find you online um so you can find me on uh quarter instagram is pretty active at quarter the last core is french for hearts so it's c-o-e-u-r um i'm at madison page moves i'm not as active but i try to make people laugh on my instagram so take that if you'd like it and um and i'm always moving on core to core basically that's my whole life so you can find us at, at core to core and ashley you can find her class yes yes tuesdays. if you're in central time it's 10 a.m on tuesdays pilates mat and yin yoga class about elongating the body so i love it um well thank you so much and i hope yeah. you have a show again soon. yeah absolutely i hope you enjoyed today's episode just as much as i did please check out madison page's podcast stretched when you get the chance also, do yourself a favor and connect with her and Cortecore on the platforms mentioned from the show, and they're also linked in the show notes. 
Please follow us on Instagram. Our handle is Yoga and Podcast. Did you know that we have an official Yoga and Podcast Patreon? For the price of one cup of coffee, you can support the show. There are great member perks such as shout outs on the show. We send you podcast stickers and a love note when you sign up. And you can earn official podcast merchandise over time. To find out more, go to patreon.com forward slash yoga and podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the show or have any questions or comments, we love hearing from you. So please email us at yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. The and is spelled out Y-O-G-A-A-N-D podcast at gmail. The theme song is performed by Allie Holder. Sound engineering and guest booking by Bentley the Cat. Social media by Chloe the Kitty. Remember that this podcast is for everyone. If you are a human living on planet Earth, you might benefit from listening to Yoga and Podcast. See you next week.